This is DWZ Podcast here with J-Rod, Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So welcome back, listeners. Uh, finally, I get to do this on a Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> the reason I did is because I had tons of stuff I was working on, you know, doing the YouTube and personal stuff that's been coming up, but now I get to do this on a Wednesday. I'm so happy I got to do this for all of you guys and for myself as well. So we have some interesting topics and contents we definitely got to be talking about. Now let's talk about Stardom's recent match that took place at Supreme Fight on February 4th between Julia and Zuzu Suzuki for the World of Stardom Championship, a.k.a. the Red Belt. You know, this is a, a very interesting matchup and story that we enjoy with Zuzu and Julia, like, if you follow the story, let's talk about the storyline, how this whole thing began. If you guys followed Julia and Zuzu, they both knew each other since their time in Ice Ribbon. They were, in fact, they were, best, they were like best friends, sisters, until Julia made the choice to leave. And, of course, leaving Zuzu all alone. But at the same time of the process, Zuzu was, in fact, being criticized because many of the people were questioning Zuzu. Did she knew that she was going to leave for stardom because if you remember julia caused a controversy back in a few years back when she decided to leave ice ribbon in the middle of their contract so that kind of led a little buzz until stardom bought out the contract but zuzu on the other hand was the one who paid the price for for julia's uh left uh, for leaving but of course julia left because she wanted to be famous but zuzu of course made her way through the ranks she was the top champion of Ice Ribbon for over a year until she lost the, belt, the Infinity Ice belt to none other than uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto. And then later, she started doing getting herself involved in death matches until the start of 2022. We saw prominence invade stardom to take out Julia, and that's how the whole story begins. But of course, the first match that they were encountering, now Julia spent... Much of 2022 tried to avoid Zuzu, but, however, fate cannot keep her away from from each other. The reason is this. If you remember back on October 1st, this was during the finals of the Five Star Grand Prix. Julia and Zuzu were the last two competitors to compete in the Blue Star block. And, of course, that was a much emotional matchup between the two of them. And they ended up in a draw. But it did let Julia to... Uh, go all the way to the finals to face Tam Nakano. Of course, we all saw what happened. That match with Tam was amazing, but Julia was the one who walked on top. But Tam, of course, heartbroken that she didn't win. But I hope Tam wins this year because she definitely needs to win the red belt. But as for Julia, she won the red belt against Sudi on December 29th of late last year for Dreams Queensdom finally fulfilling what she wanted, and then of course. But I think what I did like is Zuzu, did like what was it last month during the award ceremony that took place on the twenty-first of January, Julia put herself in a ten in a gauntlet match against ten other wrestlers. Now here's the kicker about that: those ten wrestlers, nine out of ten, ten wrestlers were all draws, and of course one of them was Waka, who who ended up the last. But Zuzu felt insulted in some ways. You see, Zuzu looked at this like, are you fucking kidding me? You acting like it's okay. You ended up with draws. And, and you know, it's more like she's it's trying to say, you keep saying you're the badass wrestler, and now you're saying that this was all out of fun. 
I think Ju Zuzu felt like insulted that this is not, this is not the Julia I remember, who who's all serious. But of course, that match between Julia and Zuzu, man, that match was a freaking classic. But in the end, it took another a northern light bomb for Julia to put away Zuzu, you know, and she felt happy that she had this match. But Julia did state it, you know, <laughs> this that one day that she would like to be next to Zuzu. Like, they think they'll be side by side. But Zuzu has no interest in that because right now, this match has already opened up to her eyes. Like, I'm not going to stand next to you. I'm going to come after you regardless if you still have the belt or not. So it's more like I'm coming for the red belt regardless. So the obvious question is who's going to challenge Julia now. But I know Tam will get one shot and lose that match, but later there's going to be that. And then, of course, there's... She sits... Julia did say she wants to face Fujimoto, but currently she is out on maternity leave, and we all know she saw she's pregnant and all that stuff. But we don't know. But <coughs> I feel like that story between Julia and Zuzu is a never-ending story due to the fact that Zuzu will never forgive her for abandoning her. But Julia acts like she needs to let it go. The problem is this. Zuzu felt that she was beat. She was looked at as like, come on, you put me in a position. Like, Julia never told her she was leaving, but she said that she was only protecting her. It didn't protect her from being criticized. That's what happened. So hopefully one day we do see another match between those two, but will it be with the belt or not? It wouldn't make a difference, but I know Zuzu will definitely have a career goal to obtain the red belt regardless of what Julia thinks. So we'll just wait and see about that. Now, interesting developments have coming up with the National Wrestling Alliance, or as we know them, NWA. Their next pay-per-view is this coming Saturday. Um, one of the interesting wrestlers they brought in, you guys may remember him back in WWE. He was known as Alex Riley, but now he goes by his real name, Kevin Kelly. Now, if you guys remember, uh, he was he he was no longer part of WWE due to the fact there was some problems if you guys remember um what's his name there was some issues that they had with him i don't know but we haven't seen him wrestle in a long time and now it appears that he's making his way to nwa i don't know what um alex kelly has been doing this entire time i mean he was that uh, that one guy that hangs out with the Miz. you know that was the guy we've seen many years ago i just don't know what exactly he's been doing since then um, there was no clear picture. I mean, I've been trying to find out more about him since um, he left. I'm not sure if he actually ended up being in the in the penance. Who knows? But he spent like a couple years, uh, like 2007 to 2010, in, at the Florida Championship Wrestling, and then later he was part of the uh, NXT, the Alliance with the Miz, from 2010 to 2011. Um, singles competition for two years, 2011 to 2013. Until possibly, what, he was comment color commentator for um, from 2013 to 2015 due to the lack of in-ring success. I mean, he did not get, and then he tried to return to the ring for a year from 2015 to 2016, but he left. So that kind of sucked, you know, for him that he didn't get the recognition that he wanted. But now that he's returning into the ring, it's kind of insane. I did not expect him that he was going to do that but it's kind of interesting now that he is returning to the ring after all this time 
<coughs> I just hope things can go well for him because I know that he did not have much success from like the later years of his with WWE. I mean, sometimes things d don't go well for the wrestlers as soon as like we've seen their later years are not going so well. But we'll see what happens. I'm just kind of curious exactly what he's going to do. I forgot who he's going to wrestle. I just don't remember who he's. But yeah, we'll see about that. Now, you guys may have heard this, the All-Star Junior tw uh, 2023 Festival that's going to be uh, on the New Japan Pro Wrestling On Demand. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with what this is, this is more of an All-Star wrestlers who are junior heavyweight competitors. Now, I'm not sure exactly whose idea was it, but I do remember uh, Daisuke Irada from Pro Wrestling Noah. He said he wanted to do like a some sort of a event involving strictly with uh, junior heavyweight competitors. <coughs> I'm not sure if he had any hand in this or someone else did it for him. I'm not 100% sure about that. Now, if those who are not familiarized with this type of thing, uh, think of it as a, as a festival for cruiserweight competitors. The junior heavyweight division and late, uh, lightweight heavyweight uh, competitors, welterweights, middleweights, uh, cruiserweights, all in that. Those are the competitors that will be in this type of event, the all-star Junior 2023 Festival. So, um, I know now that there's been some wrestlers that they announced, and I have to say, uh, my opinion, they picked the right ones, uh, majority of them that I know of. Um, let's see. Let, let, let's look it up. I'm trying to... Okay, here they are. Now, from All Japan Pro Wrestling, they, rec they, uh, they, they signed... Atsuki Aoyagi. Now, this guy is good. He is an amazing competitor. I've seen him done a lot of things with um, in the junior heavyweight uh, division in New Japan and All Japan. Uh, he's currently the um, junior heavyweight champion in that promotion, so I'm, I'm, I'm very familiarized with him. There is Kazuki Hashimoto. Not much about him, but he's representing Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I have seen many of their events uh, on a few occasions. I even reviewed them on my YouTube channel. If you guys ever check them out, I do those. Uh, they have Volador Jr. representing Consejo Mundial Luchiri. Man, this guy is a junior heavyweight competitor. If you guys ever seen him, he is a freaking beast in the air. He's, like, amazing. So if you guys ever seen this guy, you guys are missing out. Then there's Yuki Aino, who is, in fact, from representing DDT Pro Wrestling. I'm happy that he's been chosen because um, he does seem like a junior heavyweight competitor. I know he's competed for the Openweight Championship before. I'm so happy that. And then representing Dragon Gate, we have the Peter Pan of the group, uh, Dragon Kid. Yes, Dragon Kid is going to be involved in this. I'm so happy for that. Then we have El Lindemann from Gleet, member of the Stronghearts. Definitely, yes, if you guys remember, he had a great representation in both the Best of the Super Juniors and Junior uh, uh, Super Junior Tag League with, uh, with Alex Zane. I'm so excited for that. And then there's Masashi, who... Masashi from Michinuku Pro Wrestling. I'm happy for that. And then here's the interesting part. We have uh, one, two, three, five competitors coming from New Japan. We have Bushi. I say that's a good choice. El Desperado. Hell yeah, good choice. We got Hiromu Takahashi. Definitely another good choice. Ryusuke Taguchi. Definitely a choice. And then, of course, we have Taiji Ishimori. So, yes, I'm happy that those five are perfect. They're perfect for this type of wave. Now, for... um. We have Billy Ken Kidd representing Osaka Pro Wrestling. I've seen many of their shows, but I never reviewed them. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, we have two representations 
from Pro Wrestling Noah, we have Alejandro and, of course, Amakusa. So he, Amakusa is the current <coughs> GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, I'm very happy that he picked up. Now, there's still some open spots from the from the promotions they announced. Uh, we don't know who will be representing Active Advanced Pro, Pro Wrestling, also known as 2AW. And then there's uh, open spot for uh, Tradition. I don't know much. Uh, don't know who will be representing um, Gambari Pro Wrestling. It's still open. Uh, Kyushu Pro Wrestling as well is open. Uh, we got Pancris. Don't know. Pro Wrestling Bazaar. Uh, Pro Wrestling Freedoms. We don't know who we're representing those. And there's uh, Pro Wrestling Secret Base. Zero One. Just Tap Out. Um, Ruka Dragon Pro Wrestling. And of course, Wrestling of Darkness 666. So we have several opening spots. We just don't know. <coughs> who will be stepping in? Um, I'm sure they're trying to determine who will be the perfect representation for the re uh, promotion. Uh, we don't know about the storylines, who will be facing what exactly. We're still getting started. I mean, we still got possibly, what, less than a month to see what happens. But I will keep a prize that if you guys ha follow me on my YouTube channel, then you guys will be in for a treat. So let's let's keep it that way. Now, it, speaking of stardom, since I talked about that earlier, uh, we did have a very interesting match. That was an idea that was brought on by none other than the icon of stardom herself, Mayu Iwatani. You may have heard this thing called the Nami Wan Roulette match. Now, if you guys don't aren't familiarized with this, let me explain what this match is all about. Basically, this is a Russian roulette type. Two wrestlers start, and the only way to win in this is either by submission or pinfall, or the obvious choice, over the top ring. Now, two wrestlers start, only one comes out. But the, here's the kicker. They only have five minutes to stay on task. Mayu Itani started out. Uh, it opened up with Waka being in it. I have to say Waka did pretty good in the opening, but it was too much until she ended up with the dra Snapdragon by Mayu Itani and all this and that. But she uh, but uh, she did get uh, got a... Uh, Ruka and a few others, but I think my favorite one is when Tam Nakano shows up. Tam was about to jump off the damn ring, but luckily Waka told her not to because she was about to eliminate herself. So it was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, and then later uh, both Tam and and Mayu were in fact uh, were eliminated by a draw, and then the next two competitors come out. First it was Mina Shirakawa, then Natsupoi. Once again, Natsupoi wanted to fly, but... <coughs> Uh, it didn't work thanks to Tam who tried to stop her. My Mina was like, man, she should have jumped. I'm like thinking, well, you would have done the same thing too, Mina, if that if, if that was you. So possibly she would have thought the same thing. So we have many people that were eliminated. I have to say, uh, Mariah May was really impressive when she did, had like a singles compet. Uh, she was in a match against um, my Sakurai. She put her in the happily ever after. But I think we may have a storyline with her feuding with Tekla because. Tekla eliminated her, but Mariah May dragged her into the bottom fleet. I feel that Tekla felt like this thing was stolen from her. I'm like, hey, anything could happen. It doesn't just mean that it's intentional, but it happens. But we have many good wrestlers that actually participated. But I think the one that I did not, that I think we were so, I think many fans were happy to see is Saki Kashima. Now, Kashima was the one who won the match by applying the Kishikase. On to none other than Deaf. That's right, folks. Goki and Deaf is back, but she lost that match thanks to Saki Kashima. 
Now, you probably ask yourselves, what does the winner get in return for winning this match? Well, they can actually pick any title of their choosing. Now, I wasn't too sure what Kashima wanted. Now, there were two, one occasion she avoided Suri to not face the Red Belt. Now, I'm sure she would not want to face Julia because she's scared of her too. She, uh, you know, Saki's a bit dramatic. But the obvious choice to me that I think was the right one for her to pick was none other than than this high-speed title. Now, why would she pick that match? Now, if you guys have seen her, how she wins her matches, um, Kashima always puts all her opponents in a Kishikasu in a few seconds, uh, and that ends like that. She already did that with Mayu Iwatani. So I think that's the whole point. But I we never seen... Kashima win a singles competition. I know she has been trios uh, champion on what on three occasions. I'm not 100 percent sure, uh, but I'm not. Well, like I said, I'm not sure, but I'm sure that's what she, we wanted. Many fans would like to see her. I say high speed is the right choice for her. I mean, <coughs> I don't know if, if she has a bright future doing red belt or white belt, but she'll do great with high speed. <laughs> because she will put every opponent in the Kichikasu as fast as possible. That's the whole point. So, I thought this match was pretty interesting, but at the same time, confusing. Uh, if you guys lost it, you guys, you, you just pay attention, rewatch the match, you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, our last topic we're going to be talking about. This one, I did not anticipate this, but it happened. Now, if you guys remember... WWE has always done house shows. Basically, these are sh live shows that are not televised or anywhere in the world. When AEW started, they made it perfectly clear that they're not going to do house shows. Which, in my opinion, was totally respectful. Because, here's the thing. With WWE, they, they have their talent injure themselves in house shows. we already seen that with one particular person already. If you guys don't remember, I'm talking about none other than Soraya formerly known as Paige. So, that kind of sets it in because it kind of showed us, okay, if AEW is not going to do that, I get it. But, this is the most interesting part I did not anticipate. It appears several rest talent, AEW talent <coughs> were in, uh, uh, pleading with Tony Khan. We want to do house shows. So, <coughs> so, you ask yourselves, why would they do that? This is how it goes. When it comes to their shows. Now, if you guys remember, I went to the LA show. There's the ones they do for AW Dark Elevation. That happens on the same day uh, of Rampage and Dynamite. Well, Ra uh, Dynamite is live, but Rampage is recorded afterwards. But on cer certain occasions, they'll throw in a Dark episode. If they are going to be doing a two-day show, like let's say Battle of the Belts at another location... For Rampage, that's always been the possibilities that we have always seen before. So, anything could happen. But, having house shows, that's something we haven't discussed, hasn't happened. But it's gonna, but now it did happen at uh, in Ohio during the weekend. Uh, they're calling this the AEW House Rules. Now, my brother and I have spoken about this uh, recently, and I asked him, what does he think? He thinks that this is a mistake. Now, I feel that he's right, because... We have seen many wrestlers injure themselves. Now, 
you probably ask yourselves, many people, why did WWE they never allow the wrestlers to go independence? Well, because they were more worried about getting injured in independence. And look what happened. And it, it did. But we have seen wrestlers in independence that wrestlers who are AEW, they may have injured themselves in independence. That's something that was expected. But house shows, that's another story. We also expect that they also get injured in house shows as well. But do I think this is a, a mistake? I don't think so. I feel like they want to explore everything. I mean, many talent want to do something. They want to get more self-exposure and all of that. So, uh, just, I don't know. I feel that they could do better than that, but that's just me. You know, I'm not going to bitch. I'm not going to complain. But, yeah. Now, last topic I'm going to talk about. This one is a very interesting one for me. If you guys may have heard this, this was a report that came in by Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer. According to what he said, he said that WWE are going to allow their NXT talent work the independence. Now, why would they do that? You ask yourself. Well, maybe because the obvious thing is maybe because we're not. There's a lot of talent from the NXT brand. We haven't yet to see on television. Some of them are still in the process of the level up shows that happen after NXT. But it would give them the the rep they could do. The reason this was announced is because Ivy Nile has been uh, announced that she will be making an appearance at Burker T's promotion, Reality Wrestling in Houston, Texas. Uh, the same promotion where, of course, Umaga was trained in and so does the current NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne Perez. And I think that kind of sets in everything. But this is what happens later. Sean Ross Sapp of <coughs> Fightful Select has spoken with uh, HBK, Sean Michaels, and he tells him everything the report that uh, Brian Alvarez mentioned was not 100% true. He's saying, no, this is only Ivy now will be making the appearance in the Independence out of request for this one. So... I asked myself this obvious thing. Where the hell did Brian Alvarez get the idea that the, that it, that WWE superstars from NXT will be going to Independence? I'm sure many fans were looking forward to that, but <coughs> WWE have always been trying to keep themselves away from the Independence on various occasions. And I think that, that sets it up because they, they're trying to say they rule the entire wrestling world. I think that's always been the case. But... uh. I don't know where Brian Alvarez comes. I just hope maybe he can correct himself to give us the right information. Because, of course, if you guys remember, we don't want this thing to repeat itself after what happened with Malachi Black. I mean, we all remember what happened that. Everybody was already speculating that he was leaving. And all these reports from the dirt sheets are saying shit that wasn't 100% true because it was not confirmed properly. But it is what it is. So hopefully Brian Alvarez get this one right. You know, but... So, yeah. So, I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Uh, if you guys are watching my YouTube channel, so please subscribe to that. Go to Deleted WrestleZone. I'll be doing a lot of things on today's episode. I'll be do working on um, two events that happened this past uh, January. One is uh, Glory Pro Wrestling with Apocalypse, And then later we got um, Extreme Pro Wrestling or XPW for... You, um, we are not your kind, and then finally AEW Rampage, and then a couple of news updates. We definitely got to be keeping up with what's been going on in the world of pro wrestling. 
So I think that's pretty much it for everybody. So for now, I'll see you guys the next time. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day.